Hey, everybody. My name is Damara West, and I'm founder of Be Well Beautiful Woman, where we help women to center their healing and liberation so that they can lead and live lives on their own terms. And I am delighted to welcome you into the Women Who Write to Liberate Summit, which is comprised of female writers and those that support the craft of writing to inspire women just like you to find their authentic voice and use it in ways they feel inspired to, including, but not limited to, writing their first or next book. But it's so much bigger than that, right? It's about tapping into using our voice as our biggest manifestation flex so that we can co-create the life of our dreams. And today I have Dr. Anise Fisher, author of The Power Within Me, The Road Back Home to the Real You. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Fisher. After many successful years as an entrepreneur or as an intrapreneur developing and leading innovative social impact programs in education and within local communities, Dr. Anise E. Fisher took an entrepreneurial leap of faith to create a multi-sector, multi-generational, intersectional movement for freedom. In 2017, Anise founded Developing Capacity Coaching and later their sister nonprofit, Give Sankofa Inc. Collectively, the organizations focus on co-creating a world where all of us have the full and equal opportunity to benefit from the resources within our respective organizations, our communities, our cities, and the world. Most recently, Anise is known for her conscious leadership for equity work, which is currently being integrated across a variety of sectors, including the judicial system, reform, government, K through 12, higher education, philanthropy, corporate America, nonprofits, and Hollywood. There's not one aspect of a sector that you have not touched this. I am so glad that you are with me at the Global Women Who Write to Liberate Summit. Thank you so much for having me, Damara. It's an honor to be under anything that you are sponsoring. Oh my gosh, thank you. And you know, I feel exactly the same way about you. You are my soul sister and a lot yes. of us. So let's dive right into the conversation. Okay. Uh, so the first thing that I wanna explore with you is what does power mean to you? And how can we see ourselves as powerful in a world that seeks to render us powerless? Wow, that's a that's a very powerful question, tongue in cheek. <laughs> um, so whenever I talk about power, I define power in two ways. Uh, there's external power, that's power that uh, we give people to act on our behalf. So when we elect an official, we give them power to act on our behalf. Or uh, when you go to work, they give you a job description, your company is giving you the power to act on their behalf. And the second type of power is called internal power, inner power. And that's the one that I like to focus in. And that is your ability to determine how you use your mindsets, your behaviors or emotions in any given moment. You get to choose how you wanna show up in the world. So we are always with power wherever we are. It is not relegated to a position. Now there is real positional power in our places, but I, I, I our places of work, but I like that definition of you know, how you choose to use your mindsets, behaviors, 
our emotions at any given moment because we have control over that no matter where we are. And there's real power in knowing that we can show up, choose how we want to show up, and then leverage the power of that choice in any given moment. And so in the second part to your question is, you know, how do we see ourselves as powerful in a world that renders us powerless? is that you you embrace that definition of power, right? That's why I start with that at the baseline, no matter the work I do, because it reminds us when I show up in a room, I am coming in with power. Why? Because I can choose how I want to show up in that given moment. And there's power in that choice. And so that's free 99. We don't have to wait for someone to give that to us. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'll I'll end with this because I know our time is short. What I often say to people is that um, when we are in a situation and, and imposter syndrome starts to tap into us and make us feel powerless, right? Because that's the intention behind it is that we have to remember you are sitting at that table. I'm across from you today, Damara, and you have this beautiful summit of, you know, 25 plus women coming together because you made a series of choices in your life that landed you to this moment. And I made a series of choices that landed me to this moment. I chose to use my power in those choices and so did you. And so this is you and I's date with destiny right now, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to show up and dine and date destiny in the moment because the power of our choices is what's got us here. Mm, that was so powerful, right? I mean, I know that that sounds redundant since we're talking about power, right? But I feel like what better word for us to use right. to describe it. Yes, yes. And, you know, it reminds me of... um Eli Weasel Weasel's book about the Holocaust and right how can you find the beauty right and and right. whether we're in prison whether we're, because we don't have to be a prison in prison within our minds right mm-hmm. and then no matter what our circumstances are we have the ability to choose how we're going to see it and I love what you said about like the series of choices right and those series of choices that are is rooted in my power and, and is rooted in your power. Mm -hmm. the foundation for us to be able to be together in this space. And so, you know, I don't think Mm -hmm. that we necessarily think about power in this step-by-step way, decision-by-decision way. And yet every Mm -hmm. decision we make is moving us closer to our destiny or moving us further away from it. 100%. And so that is so powerful how you just laid all of that out and have invited us in to think about that no matter what our circumstances are, we always have the power to choose, always. 100%. All right, so let's explore the next thing, sis. So okay. um, talk to us about a time when you have felt powerless and mm-hmm. what you did to regain your power. Wow, Interesting. I could go so many different ways here, but I want to go in a non-traditional way because I have a feeling based on your um, footprint and what, and the type of women that you draw, that this is going to be for someone who listens to this. Mm, Um, You know, I was robbed at gunpoint for my car at the top of the year. And a 15, 16 year old kid rolled up on me on my mom's porch with the guns and gave me the keys And um, in that moment, I was in shock, right? And I kind of looked stunned. Like, is this happening? I see this on TV. 
And then he said it again. I gave him the keys and I started screaming. And I'm sharing this story because um, there was there was a way in which I had to regain my power throughout. And I'm still on that journey because it's only been two months. I think most people after that would have probably been like stunned and they probably would have been a wreck on the porch. I literally, after the police came, I went into like, I guess, co-investigator with the, the hijacking officer when I was sending him screenshots from the Lexus app so that they could track the person. I was calling Lexus to report the car stolen. And, and as I was talking to people about the story, they're like, Anise, how did you have all of that energy? I would have been done the moment they, mm -hmm. my car. And so I share that because sometimes we go through a traumatic moment and sometimes in the moment we find like an inner strength that comes out of nowhere. And I don't think we realize that that is the beginning process of regaining our power. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean those of us who don't have that, you know, should be looked at as less than. But I just want us to see that when we have trauma, right, that decision to make a phone call that decision to seek therapy, that decision to, for me, it was, you know, working with the officer and he ended up working late. I think as he's like, I'm in it, we're in it together. But, you know, I mean, those micro moments are all parts of the process to regain our power. If you mm -hmm. face discrimination at work or somebody tells, you know, the moment you get up and say, I'm going to try again, or I'm going to go to human resources, I'm going to tell someone about this. These are all micro moments to regain our power. Mm. to remind ourselves that, you know, we, we, no, no matter the situation, there's micro actions that we can take to begin to regain that power. And so I'm still on a journey of feeling, you know, comfortable in environments and driving at different times of day. But, um, I wanted to share that because sometimes it's not the, like, professional thing that we need to remember the micro steps to our power. It's the moments when we as women have been made to feel powerless by some type of, could be an oppressive event. For me, it was a survivor of a violent crime in which I started taking micro steps to regain my power. And I want to encourage every woman that's listening to this is that I bet we could all go back and say that. Mm. You yeah. got out of bed that next day. Yes. Or you stayed in bed and that was you regaining your power because you needed to just lay there and rest and be with yourself. Or you cried because that's what your spirit needs. That's a micro step to regaining our power. And sometimes I feel like people make us think when we have trauma that it's the big aha you have in therapy or the time you file the report that the power is rendered back, but no, the moment you start choosing what you need in the moment that you, that you think you need in the moment, right? Like honoring what your spirit needs. Each one of those micro steps are pathways. It's a, like a pathway of regaining our power. So yeah. thank you for allowing me to share that. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm so grateful that you, that you shared that because, um, as you said, you're still in it, right? You're finding your way back fully to yourself, mm -hmm. this of this and this gift that you've given 
to our listeners to really understand action. And this is why, you know, even when we're in a state of anger, at least we're doing something. It's not one of those higher vibrational emotions. Right. But it's certainly better than depression because in a, dep- in a depressed state, we're immobilized, right? We can't mm-hmm. move. And if we can't move, we can't act. And if we're not acting, we're not really in our power. And of course, wherever we are on our journey in relationship Mm -hmm. to grief, in relationship to any kinds of mental things that Mm -hmm. may be showing up for us, I think there's an invitation for us to certainly honor that, right? And to have compassion, Mm -hmm. but to also ask ourselves, what can I do from this place? Right. I yes. may even be able to do a whole lot. Right. But like you said, maybe it's that I'm not going to pick up my phone because I know this person is going to need something from me and I can't actually yes. face from them. That is a power play. Right. Yes. And yes. I, so I love that you are inviting us in to be to activate in power because even the moment that we do, that's the moment that we can become liberating again. Mm-hmm. That's the moment that 100%. healing takes root, right? And I say often that it's not just the trauma that's problematic, it's the aftermath of the trauma, which is why we have right. to leave survivors, right? We have to believe that these things have happened because the moment that we shut it down, what do we do? We hold it in and it starts to become mm-hmm. a part of ourselves. Um, and we have literally stopped the healing process. And right. And so the fact that you know that your healing is still continuing, right? It's still ways that you're being triggered, but even in these ways that you're being triggered and this honoring, Mm -hmm. we're also still activating, right? Like even just being here Mm -hmm. and doing this talk right now, this is a form of the power play, right? Because you could have said no to every single thing that came your way, except for the necessary, right? right? The necessary thing. Um, And yet you're here inspiring us all to activate our power. That's power. I love you. Thank you. you, Thank you. I love you, my sister. I love you too. (laughs) All right. So the next thing I want to know about is um, how did you know that this was the book, Mm. right? right? When was that moment for you? So it's an interesting question because this was not the first book that I wanted to write. So I knew though that I wanted to write a book In 2019, I was listening to Michelle Obama's book um, on audio, Driving to Orange Theory. I was living in LA at the time. And I just heard from God that you need to write a book. You need to write your story. So, um, you know, I went to Orange Theory, came back, and I just started outlining what would be my memoir, right? And Michelle is from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. I resonate with her story very much as a Southside girl from the city of Chicago. And um, so I thought, okay, we're going to do this. Let it sit. That was January, actually, January 29th. Let it sit. And I moved back home to Chicago. I was kind of led, spiritually led back home to Chicago in May. And then August, September rolls around. I'm like, girl, you need to get working on this because you said this, you have made no movement. Mm -hmm. And um, I was on a writer's retreat and I kept getting roadblock when I was trying to write the book that was my memoir. Like I just couldn't, it wouldn't come out. Like I had the outline, but when it came to putting it, it just wouldn't come. So Mm -hmm. finally, I'm like, God, what do you want me to write? Because maybe I got these books out of order. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then I heard 
one reference point, which is a uh, scripture that says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And then from there, it's sort of the book came to me. And, and how it unfolded was this idea of what we think about ourselves and how we see ourselves as being able to, to um, bring the, how we see ourselves and what we think we can do impacts everything around us. Now, I didn't have the title until later on. I did not know the title of the book. But as it unfolded, it was revealed to me that this book was for the person who on the outside looks like they have everything together. And it looks like they have a crystal clean, perfect life. But there's a voice on the inside of them telling them, you know what, you could do a little bit more. Like this isn't the fullness of who you are. And from there, I just kind of let it flow. I had a person in my life who that was them. So they were kind of like the, the kind of main thought. And then I started thinking about my coaching clients and the consistent challenges I was seeing with them around living in the fullness of who they are and the journey to that process. And from there, the book literally, it, 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 it came over a series of four months. And it really is this, it was this idea of, you have the tap, you hear the voice, you try to ignore it, and you keep getting pulled back into the vortex of the status quo, but all your mantras aren't working. The, you know, your little Instagram gurus, meditation, none of that's working because this inner divinity is getting more, much more powerful with you. Mm. And you're kind of faced with what am I going to do? Am I going to actually pause and see what this really means? And it's the journey. So what does it mean to open that door and think about the role that fear and doubt has played in your life and how to move to a place of love and trust and anchor yourself in that? So Yeah, there's so much that I want to say about this. And, you know, the first thing I want to say is, is that you, if you have been tied to that first story, which I know is coming, that book is coming. But if you have been tied <laughs> to writing that book, we wouldn't have gotten the gift of the power within, right? We wouldn't wow. have gotten that gift. And I think it's so important for people to not be attached to outcomes, to not try mm -hmm. to be in too much, too much of a control, even in the midst of igniting our inner power, right? And that inner mm -hmm. world, as you talked about, and I think that's in part like what the, the essence of your book is about. You can externalize this stuff all you want. You can mm -hmm. follow people and maybe it inspires you. You know, mm -hmm. it, you have these glimpses of hope. You have these glimpses of, you know, feeling like you're powerful. And yet without this focus on the inner world, we're always going to be off balance when it comes to our power. Because the moment that the world shows up in ways that make us feel powerless, we might feed into that truth because we haven't done enough foundational building in mm -hmm. order for us to resiliently stand in our power, even in the midst of tragedy, as you told us, right? That you were able mm -hmm. to activate. And what I believe is that the way, the reason why you were able to activate immediately was because your inner world had been cultivated for a while leading up to that point, right? Yes, 100%. So, you know, even though it might felt like, well, where is this coming from? Well, like my foundation has been laid. Like, of course I'm going <laughs> to operate within this. And while also understanding the evolution and the natural things that we have to endure right. in the midst of dealing, right, with mm -hmm. 
something traumatic like that, right? And honoring that grief um, until we get to that place of coming back into, mm-hmm. but even that coming back into that in that thing that happened, it's still now a part of you, right? 100%. You're a survivor, right? You're a survivor in it. Um, You're certainly not a victim in it because like the opposite of being a victim, right? Being in our power makes us not be a victim. Right, right. right? Um, But the reason why you could do that is we both know is because that inner world had already been the focal point for years to that. And Mm -hmm. so for listeners, it's so critical that if we're we're really inviting ourselves to think about how do we activate that power within, well, it's by focusing on that inner world. And your book is really the framework for how we do that and do it in a way that's authentic and aligned and sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, right. Yes. Yeah, you need to. Yes, you, you describe it so very well. And it is the personal anchoring of remembering the power and choice being willing to use that and the four-step consciousness raising process you know yeah yeah and we're not going to give out we're not going to give away the four-step process because we want people to read the book right i know you 100 that's why i stopped there you know I, that, thank you listen that. we are co- we are co-creating this my sister we're not giving it away um okay so so let's lean into um our next expiration which is okay you know in the process of you running a successful consulting and coaching business you launched Give Sankofa, this beautiful body of work. And so talk to us about the inspiration behind that. And, um, you know, what led you there, right? How did you know also that Give Sankofa was your next move? Yeah, it's interesting because, um, you know, I knew that I wanted to do something community-based. And what ultimately led me to create the sister nonprofit is I started to think about legacy, right? What did I want to leave in the world? And I started to think about what does it mean for black and brown people and all folks, but I'm thinking about, you know, black, what does it mean for us to truly experience joy, peace, love, and healing, Mm -hmm. right? All of those things are aspects of somebody that's free. Mm -hmm. What would it mean to actually do that? And what I was conceptualizing in my, you know, theory of change for the world is that it's going to take two things. It's going to take us pushing for structural change against systems that stifle our ability to live full and healthy lives and equitable lives. That's business, government, right? Education system. All of these systems that we have to go through to have, quote unquote, the American life, right? All of these things are happening around us, right? That are infringing upon us. So we need to push for structural change in the organizational space. Then I said, but that's not the end of it. We have our own individual work we need to do as a people. Yes. And so Give Sankofa became the other part of that, which is this idea of how do we create 
a healing and incubator space for black and brown people to be free and to live in their potential. And in order to do that, we were going to have to focus on our individual healing, which is what we do through the Be Free coaching program. Mm -hmm. And then we needed to be able to focus in on what does it mean to drive community change and how do we bring the power back to people in communities? Because sometimes the best ideas is the person that's sitting on their front porch in the hood. Yeah. Right. And so or some of those smaller mom and pop organizations that aren't funded by some of our larger funding sources, but they're like putting money out of their pockets. Right. To really fund that work on the ground. And so that became the thought process behind our Be Free Community Healing Grants, which is providing you know, unrestricted grants to these local, often overlooked groups that are doing work on the ground, not only giving them a grant, but then also providing coaching for those leaders so that they stay in it for the long haul. That's the healing piece, right? The incubation piece is giving them the resources and the supports to continue to do the work. And then the third pilot program is our Be Free Youth Leadership Program, where we actually teach young people the social change process. How do you identify an issue in your community and then work from start to finish with the plan and present that before a group of people and get funding for it? The incubation of ideas for the incubation space for young people to come up with solutions because they walk through neighborhoods every day, right? And they see and have great and brilliant ideas on what does it mean to change the community? How do we pass the mic to young people, but also make it multi-generational by having, you know, you know, folks who are engaged in the community be able to give them feedback and support them along that process. And it'll grow to have incubation for adults. But for me, those three things things were this process of we need a container for us to do our own work, mm-hmm. right? Not just wait for other people to come to save us. Now we partner with everybody, but we need to push on both of those things. And so I believe in the world that in order for everyone to have full and equal access to all the resources in their communities, which is my definition of equity, we have to push the structural change. That's what developing capacity is doing. But give Sankofa, oh, this is a forest bias, leaning in and doing this work internal to the community and giving the power back. Here's the last thing I'll say very quickly. Before I got robbed by this kid, Damara, I heard spiritually that that Be Free Youth Leadership Program needs to be targeted towards kids who are in alternative schools, kids who are in the uh, the juvenile judicial system, that it needs to be for kids who people have given up on. Mm. Little did I know the seed was being planted for the young brother that robbed me on my mother's porch. And I, after that happened, I had no bitterness in my heart for this kid. Literally, I spoke to a room full of mayors two weeks later and talked to them about why we need to focus in on crime and investment in communities as a result of that story. But it made me even more passionate. Like, this is why we got to pull in those young people. So, you know, this is why you are my sister. <laughs> because <laughs> so much of um, how we show up in the world and the work that we put out there and our philosophies are aligned. And what you just shared with us about this traumatic event on the surface was a gift for you to help to convince the very people to invest in your work 
to get it in the hands of people who need it most. And so I, I love this because oftentimes we think that the world is not in alignment and is not serving come us. On, come but the on, world come is on, always come serving. Yeah. The world is always giving us individualized experiences that will help us to see exactly what we need to see so that we can curate exactly what we individually are meant to curate in this world. And so right. just the power of that and that you could come in to that space with a level of conviction and having this personal experience to say, and I imagine that not one person in the room could not say yes to that, right? How could you not say yes to this woman who's been, who understands and has built all of this and now has this experience and has come back to the city of Chicago to lay this groundwork, which is going to be mm -hmm. transformational. And, you know, the last thing I want to say, sis, is that, you know, oftentimes we, we, we talk a lot about changing systems in this equity space. And we know this, and you said right. it best, um, that if we ch only are focused on changing systems, we mm -hmm. will not liberate the mind and the systems can change all day long. But if I'm right. still seeing myself as the same being as I was before that system, on. Came, on. I'm still going to move through the world exactly the same way. And I'm going right. to someone else to feed me, to support me, to uplift me. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to be all of that. Right. Some, 100%. Right? But, but if that is the only reliance we have, if that's the only self-sufficiency that we have, then we are giving our power away every single day, every single day. Exactly. And, you know, the last thing I want to say to you is that this whole question around legacy, and I want our listeners to hear this, that question alone it's something that is deeply impactful for us to think about. Like, how do I leverage this great mm -hmm. work that I know that I'm doing, this transformational work that I'm doing? I know that I'm doing, you, and you know, you've been successful in your own right. You've built a, a beautiful business. You're in deep demand for your work. And you could stop there and that would be completely fine. But what right. you know to be true, and this is the essence of this summit, is that our light is not just for us, right? Yeah. Our light is meant to be shared with the world. And so when Dr. Fisher, you decide that you are moving on in whatever capacity, because you're going to always be evolving, because that's what we do when we're on that liberation. 100%. <laughs> you have laid the groundwork to keep this alive. It is yeah. bigger than you. It is bigger yes. than you. And so I just want to say thank you for knowing that, for recognizing it, for stepping into it, and for it for aligning with the heartbeat of it to ensure mm -hmm. that the people can hear you, that need to hear you, that need to write a check, that need to be partners, that need to be a mentor in this. Um, this is huge. This is huge. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. I just... I, I appreciate it. it really is this idea of, you know, I do believe that we're all born with a gift and a unique talent and sound that's needed in the world. And, you know, we're all alive right now because we're supposed to be alive right now. Mm -hmm. We have something that is needed in the world right now to be in multiple pandemics and pending world war, you know. It's not by accident that we're all alive right now. It's not by accident that you're having a summit called Women Who Write to Liberate at a time 
when people are feeling like the world is in chaos, mm. but it's not in chaos because, and I'll, I'll share this. I know we can't be on here all day, but I heard like three weeks ago in my meditation time, my God time, build during the chaos. Mm. I was like, what does that mean? Build during the chaos? What? And I heard, I heard it. It was, and what I heard God say was source, whatever you want to call it. I call it God. Mm -hmm. I heard God say that we need to build during the chaos because all of these ideas that we're getting, we need to write, look, women who write to liberate, write them down and move and execute on them because that is exactly what our world needs now. And it's what our world is going to need as we come out of these multiple systems that are falling down in this chaos. So we have to build through it. We have to write through it. We have to launch through it because we have what is needed right now in the earth and what's going to be needed in the future when we have to pick these systems back out, rebuild our communities, rebuild our spaces. So I hope that this isn't the only women who write to liberate summit that you do. And I say that because we're going to need to be reminded to continue to move and what we're hearing and what's to being tapped into our spirits as we go through this process. And writing, as you know, doesn't always mean a book. It could be a blog, writing down your vision and bringing that to action. Come on, come on. That Yeah, and that's one of the things that, you know, I have said many times over that this, this summit is not just for people who want to write a book. It's about you stepping fully into your authenticity. It's about you sharing your unique gifts with the world. It's about right. you experience abundance in the fullness of whatever that is for you. And so I I, I love that. And thank you for, for saying all of that and for encouraging me because because that's in part, right? Even in these moments, we're sharing our light. And, you know, I want to just say like build during the chaos. And a lot of times we, we may feel like we've got to draw within during the chaos. And so the fact that you got that word, um, which I feel so aligned with it, you know, and particularly during the top of the pandemic, which is when I launched my very first summit, this is the 10th summit that I've hosted since the top of the pandemic. Um, I was really feeling like what, contributions can I make to the world, right? I was feeling like, how important really is my work? And yet this message around build during the chaos is a good reminder for all of us that in these moments that we're being shaken from life circumstances, from world circumstances, mm -hmm. for us to get still and say, what am I called to build during this chaos, source, universe, God? Because I know that I'm being called to use my light in some ways, and you're going to reveal it to me. And so thank mm -hmm. you again for dropping that nugget for us. Um, and uh, you know, we could talk all day long. So let's wrap we this did. thing up. Listen, <laughs> yes, let's, yes, you know yes. how we roll. Okay. <laughs> yes. So the very last thing <laughs> that I want to explore with you um, just has to do with, um, you know, essentially how do you keep your power activated, right? You talked about your meditation pra practice. Um, you talked mm -hmm. about writing. Um, but e even in the midst of, of the gift of you sharing this experience that you're having right now, you know, how do you continue to show up and keep your own power at the forefront of that? Yeah, um, there's there's a couple of ways I can answer that, but I um I want to say one. I want to say two things. One is that um, I honestly try to live the power within me. 
I try to live the four-step process. I try to live my mantra that I say to everybody. Last night, I was honored as one of 10 Black women of excellence in Chicago by the Black Professionals Network. And when they gave me the mic to speak, you know, I said, I want to leave you all with this, whether you're getting honored or not, (laughs) you know, um, I want everyone to remember this mantra that I say, and you know, this already, you know what I'm about to say, you have power and choice in every situation. It is up to you to decide how you want to use it. No matter where you are, no matter what level you are, you have to own the power of that choice. And own that you get to choose how you want to show up and how you want to deploy yourself in any given situation. And and that's something that I want all of us to remember. That's what I remember about myself. I have power and choice in every situation. What? How am I going to use it in this particular context, right? How am I using it right now with you? Um, how am I going to use it when I'm on the phone with a client or I'm in a one-on-one coaching session or I'm in a room, you know, as I shared where we're doing a workshop with mayors. Um, and the second thing I'll say, it's a, it's a tip that I got from a friend of mine, Brad, and, you know, he said, you should put on a post-it note, what your vision is Mm -hmm. for the world and put it in at least three places that you see every day. So I have it posted on my bedpost. It's on the mirror in my, in my bathroom And then it's um, taped to my standing desk. And I have on there, you're leading a multi-sector, multi-generational, intersectional global movement for healing, freedom, and justice. Mm. And so I look at that when I get in the bed, when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, you know, I have it on my desk. And then I've also now put it in my cell phone for when I'm traveling. And so it's that visual reminder of what it's all about, what I'm here for, what I'm trying to do, what's the collective vision of everything around me is what reminds me of my power and what keeps me going. And so I just want to encourage folks, it doesn't have to be six lines. It doesn't have to be, you know, I want you to get out of your head with like comparing yourself to the Joneses or Jonesettes, you know, just what do you feel like you're just called to do even in this moment? Yeah. Right. And yeah. write that on the post-it note and put it where you can see it and let that be your guiding light. When the world comes, you remember to build through the chaos because you have that visual reminder. And then I just want to encourage you to remember your power and choice in any given moment. It's yeah. up to you to determine how you want to use it. That was such a beautiful and simple offering. And we both know, because we've talked about this before, I'm sure, that whatever we focus on is what expands. And the Mm -hmm. fact that you keep that within your realm of consciousness always, it helps you to never forget what you are curating. And it helps you to focus on the important things. You know, I was literally just talking to my assistant as, as we get ready to wrap up. And I said to her, no matter what happens with this summit, no matter what, we are building something expansive and we are not going to focus on anything else, nothing else. We are going to celebrate what we've curated. We're going to celebrate this gift that we're putting out in the world. We're going to celebrate whomever lives it touches, because I think that sometimes we can get caught up in some of the details that don't really mean shit. Right. I'm sorry. But yeah. you know, like, you know, I have a body. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that it's don't real. really mean anything that can deter us from focusing on the brilliance, the giftings of today, 
the presence, the celebration of life, and the long haul of what we're creating, right? It's a big mm -hmm. picture in mind. It's a massive vision. So thank you for that. So sis, as we get ready to wrap up, how can folks stay in touch with Dr. Anise Fisher, um, along with purchase that book. We're going to, of course, make it super easy for people, give them all the links, but go ahead and let us know um, during this interview how people can stay in touch with you and purchase your amazing book. Wow. Well, yes, you can purchase the book, The Power Within Me that you see in my little uh, background there. You can purchase it on Barnes and Nobles or LinkedIn, uh, excuse me, Barnes and Nobles or uh, Amazon, either as an ebook or a paperback um, in both of those spaces. So, feel free to pick it up and grab another one for, you know, someone else who might need it. And then my link. So I just became active again recently in the past couple of months on Instagram. So you can find me at Anise E Speaks. You'll see that link on in Instagram. I kind of post as the spirit leads me to post. I'm not on it every day. It's when I'm, when I'm called to go out there, I put stuff out there. I freed myself from the need to just be overly doing it. Um, I'm active on LinkedIn at, as Anisi Fisher, EDLD on LinkedIn. And then I'm also from time to time, I post on Twitter at Anisi Speaks. So you'll see all of the links. Um, feel free to follow, engage me in that process or DM me if you have any questions from, from today or just to share your stories. I'm always open to connect. You and I connected, Damara, you know, just via someone e-connecting us. And it has birthed such a beautiful friendship and like sisterhood that's been such a huge life for me over the past couple of years so that's the power of just that dm that like you never know what it'll blossom into i love that and you know um you almost moved me to tears because you know how i feel about you i love you very much I and, love you too. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just so grateful for you, and I'm celebrating you in the way that you were honored. And know that um, <laughs> it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning because what you're putting out in the world, um, people are going to take notice because of your heart, because of the energy that you put, and because you're doing the work. You're doing the work. Mm -hmm. So y'all heard it here at the Global Women Who Write to Liberate Summit. Make sure you follow this amazing woman and the work that she's doing. She puts out really inspirational content. I get to see a lot of it, right? She's in my world and, um, and she's right. We connected just from someone else that I connected with that I actually also did a cold message to um, once I found out about their work. And so we never know what this is gonna manifest into. And so thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the 18 other speakers that we have in the lineup to help you to liberate in every way possible in your life so that you can live your life as fully and gift your voice along with other aspects of yourself to the world and live your life in full and complete abundance. Until next time, beauties. Ashe. Ashe.